sale the retail supply chain show where we break down great retailers the supply chains that move them and the data that they use to make decisions uh, in order to bring you this great content we of course have to thank our sponsors again ArcVest. they've been on a few of our last episodes we had a really great webinar with them uh, and i'm honestly really excited to see what they do this new year um, especially they just recently acquired molo um, and have a really great team of not just uh, people, but technology and engineers behind them. So I'm really excited to see how they continue to grow. But in case you didn't know, ArtFest is actually more than just logistics. Whatever you do, whatever you ship, wherever you ship, ArtFest makes it easy for you to do business. They combine reliable capacity, innovative technology, trusted relationships to take the complexity out of your supply chain and to keep your shipments moving. And that's what ArcFest is more than logistics. And you know, hopefully everyone got through this uh, Christmas time with all of their shipments arriving on time. Uh, I will not lie to you. I did the classic uh, Christmas Eve, Eve sh uh, shopping spree and it was just as nerve wracking as it always is. So hopefully ArcBest can uh, teach me some things uh, into 2022 and next Christmas will be a little less hectic for myself and and uh, the people that got gifts from me as well. But in case you didn't know, uh, PIOS is actually just not a podcast, it's a newsletter as well. We hit you twice a week with the latest and greatest of the supply chain news. And um, this last week, we just had one newsletter because of the holiday. We'll have one more coming out tonight for the holiday as well. And then we'll continue on with it twice a week into the new year. And I'm really trying to get interactive with this in our, in our audience in general. So make sure you guys reply to those. If there's something that you'd like to talk a little bit more about, if maybe your company is doing something interesting or, you know, you would possibly have an idea for a new segment, feel free to reach out. Let me know. I'm always open for feedback and, and just love meeting other freight waves nerds, retail nerds out there uh, like myself and, and discussing logistics as a whole as well. So never hesitate to reach out. I'll be there. Um, I'll be there when you need me. That's for sure. Um, and, you know, last week we actually dove into a lot of interesting topics. Um, one in particular really brought back some memories for me. Um, really, we, we spoke on DoorDash, which uh, I'm a huge DoorDash fan. I have their annual uh, DoorDash rewards, all that nonsense. And they've actually recently teamed up with JCPenney's, which is kind of crazy for me if it I grew up as a Catholic school kid. JC Penney's is where we went to get all of our new uniforms every single year. It's one of my mom's favorite stores. I mean, who doesn't love JC Penney's? It's like, it's like the Sears, right? You're just naming off struggling retailers. But you know, JC Penney's actually made a lot of really great moves over the last couple of years. They're right there, struggling to make it when the pandemic first came around during the first shutdown. Many of you probably remember them filing for bankruptcy and closing a number of stores. But their innovative team has been on it. And, you know, this recent DoorDash uh, partnership is really great. They're actually going to be delivering for more than 600 JCPenney stores. And it just shows you that um, one JCPenney's will never die. That's the long bet you can make right here. <laughs> 
but that it shows you if, if a realtor if a realtor can stay innovative, stay on top of their supply chain, and really focus on the end consumer and how the end consumer wants to shop and wants to stay, you know, interactive with your brand. Um, the sky's the limit. So props to them. That was uh, one that was fun for me to see and a lot of great memories there as well. Um, the second area that I want to talk about was a new company that I had a really great chance of interviewing last week called Onward Delivery. Um, now, we've talked about different last mile uh, logistics companies that have come out of the woodwork over the last couple of years or so. And uh, props to the newsletter. We're actually going to be diving into some of those again later tonight. Um, but Onward is a newer company that recently raised $4.7 million uh, led by Range Ventures. But what's even interesting for me was a lot of their angel investors are, are big names that I'm sure you know of. We have Emerge's Andrew Leto, uh, Project 44's Jet McCandles, and Storage Sean Henry. Uh, and they're all invested in this for a really great reason. It's a it's a niche. It's an area that really needs a defined network of carriers. So what Onward does is they work with a lot of retailers, large bulky retailers. Right now, it's mostly furniture companies. And they work to basically take a large capacity or large network of hotshot carriers um, and optimize their delivery schedules in order to allow retailers to start promising same-day delivery on large bulky items. Um, I'll tell you right now, I just moved a couple weeks ago, and it was a nightmare. I hate moving big things. I don't have, uh, well, I have a little brother, but he's not as strong as me. So if I can't move the item, he's not going to help me. I don't have a truck that can help me move these things. Uh, it, it can make uh, that that a little bit more difficult buying these type of, of large type of uh, furnitures or different type of items that, that take more than just the average vehicle, take more than basically my, my Chevy Equinox. And so uh, what's really cool is Onward has, has taken this huge network and is, is completely allowed more in the Denver area right now. And they're working on expanding out after this race to allow retailers to offer this one day delivery. And to really show you guys how difficult this is, especially in the Denver area, we actually made this lane um, that Grafton Elliott, the CEO, uh, had brought up our sonar track lane of the day. Um, so if you guys check that out right now, basically we're looking at this really short run from Steamboat Springs, Colorado to Frisco, Colorado. And when I was talking to uh, Grafton, he was Really excited because uh, this is the first time that they actually made a same-day delivery on this lane. It was a challenging lane for his company to, to find a good network of carriers. But after so much time developing new relationships and onboarding carriers onto their um, box truck, uh, if you want to call it a, a digital freight marketplace, um, they're able to pull this off. And it, it can be extremely difficult, right? Because look, we're averaging about $9.24 a mile. Um, for anyone who's looking to move that, it's it's about a 100-mile trip. That's really, really expensive to just get for one-day delivery. It's, a, it's one of those decisions that more than likely you're going to say, no, that's a little too much. Let's just send that on a, a normal, a lot of times furniture will go on like white glove service or LTL carriers who specialize that, and we'll just get in a, a regular, timely manner. Um, but what happens is a company that can take a lane like this, find a large network of carriers, especially these box trucks, 
um, can now start leveraging the network in order to bring these costs down from this $9.24. So more than likely what they're doing is one of two things. In this situation, in this uh, delivery that Grafton was so excited about, they either had um, so many different retailers in the Steamboat Springs area, which, by the way, is lovely if you guys ever get out that way, um, who were going to Frisco so they could put, let's say it was couches, like four or five couches on one box truck and deliver it all for a lower amount, uh, separating or uh, separating the cost between a number of different consumers. Or more than likely, um, what happened too is they probably had a box truck who was going that way, right? He was looking to go to Frisco um, because their network is so large. They're able to find someone who said, hey, instead of driving back empty, which a lot of carriers do in these areas, uh, whenever you get into the mountains or you get into like, especially right now it's chain season, um, it, it really depends on where these carriers live and where they want to go. Maybe a carrier just wanted to get home for the holidays and Frisco is exactly where they were hoping to go. So, um, yeah, that is uh, the the track lane of the day that we we're able to dive into in last week's newsletter. And like I said before, um, make sure that you guys are going to FreightWaves.com slash POS and subscribing to those newsletters and subscribing to our podcast in general. Because we'll go into these different ways to use sonar and use track on a weekly basis and um, just in general give you guys a, a different view of how to use the software that Freightways has in order to make everyday decisions here in supply chain. And and this one was just really fun for me because you know I've actually done a lot of more truckload than the box truck or short truck type of moves. But it is extremely difficult market uh, to move over in the Colorado area, and you have to have really great carrier relations in order to pull that off. So I was really excited to see that in this one in particular, they had been able to take this niche and, and do something with that and, and create such a strong um, carrier network. It, it's not it's something that's hard to, to do and, and hard to um, to get carriers to, to onboard. But what happens when you're able to, to take a niche, get a good amount of retailers behind it, and get carriers behind it, you can make a real difference. So um, if you guys want to check out that article, go to freightways.com, search for Onward Delivery, and you can learn more about that raise and what Grafton is looking to do with the company. And strong leader, check him out as well. Check out his past. Uh, good company. I'm excited to see how they grow into this new year as, as well. Um, but Besides that, I have a really interesting guest today. Uh, it's actually Shamsi Levy. He is the founder and CEO of a freight forwarding platform, Shiffle. I actually met Shamsi, geez, I want to say it was like March of last year, right when I started. Uh, and he was really helpful in helping me understand the true problems that you see at ports. Um, you know, we've seen a lot from not just um, ports in general in the last couple of months and how they're trying to optimize their overall operations. But thankfully, and it's, you know, taken some time, the government has decided to come around and say, hey, there's a problem here. We need to figure out how we can fix it. And Shab C was able to be one of the, the few to be invited to the White House in order to present to um, the White House and the administration the issues that we're seeing, which is cool. Like we all, we hear about these things and how many of us get the opportunity to actually go and talk and say, hey, here's what I fixed. So Shab C, thank you so much for joining us today. I'm excited to have you on and excited to dive into this a little bit more. How are you doing today? 
Hi, Grace. Hi. Uh, excited to talk to you again. Yeah, it was quite a while ago. I was thinking last year, March, and we already had so many issues back then. You would think that uh, at this point things would become better, but unfortunately, uh, it's gotten even worse. So let's let's. Well, that's uh, why let's we hope, have great uh, people like you who are offering advice to, to, to get it a little bit cleaner. So let's dive into how did you get this opportunity and how was this presented to you? How did, how did you get to the white house? Uh, so that was interesting. It was actually a video call that we had. Um, there were the national, um, the, the national economic council and the department of transportation. And they actually just, um, sent me an email out of the moon. It was like, when I saw the email, I was like, wow. And I looked up, made sure, you know, sometimes there are spam and scam coming in. I looked up and they seemed legit. Um, and it was interesting that they were actually looking out there and, and trying to find, um, you know, reliable data sources in the industry. And the unfortunate part, which highlights so much of the industry problems, is that it's so hard for uh, traditional industry players to get access to data and have reliable data that out of so many forwarders in the United States, there's only, I would say, very few that have access to reliable data. And it's just the way the industry operates. It's the traditional um, 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 way the industry works that um, companies don't have uh, integrations and up-to-date data. And hopefully that's changing a lot, especially with re recent um, FMC involvement in making sure data, which is a great... Um, which, which, which hopefully will, will bring great progress to the industry. Um, so uh, what we've done since we started is basically built our system versus uh, many, I mean, most forwarders today's days use uh, platforms that have been around for years, and those platforms are not built around data. Uh, the data that we have is, is integrated directly with ports and carriers, and we continuously build upon that. So with all that data and all the integration, we're actually able to do quite unique um, data points and different um, um, trends seeing how the congestion affects the market in many different ways. So we actually release them um, um, every every so every few weeks. We have a new data set going out there. And they, they stumbled upon some of our data and they wanted to know more about it, especially that they have taken um, action into speeding up things at the ports and they wanted to see what's going on there. And they wanted to see the, you know, what's behind the data and how it works. So uh, that's how we kind of got in touch and that's how we started the conversation. So, yeah, it was actually pretty exciting and the opportunity was definitely great. I love that. And let's dive into the solutions that you guys gave them. And, and I'll share in our newsletter your overall presentation that dives deep into that data as well. But let's talk about the, the GRI and the introduction of the dynamic pricing models that you brought up. What was your overall vision and solution that you proposed to the White House? Yeah, so, so that's actually quite interesting and in a way very, uh, it's mind boggling to me that this is not discussed on a, on a, on a larger level in the industry. Uh, this is something that I've been thinking about a lot. And actually, when they reached out to me, I was um, happy that I'm going to have the opportunity to present this to them. So I actually replied to them. I told them that I actually have uh, some great insights. Um, there's obviously no one fix all solution to this problem. But I strongly believe this is a very, um, very large contributor into what's going on. And it, it, it's hard to explain. I put it everything on a, on a piece of uh, paper. Uh, it's hard to explain very quickly. But essentially, in a nutshell, if we're going to be discussing the industry right now and we're going to say, you know, what are rates in March? What are rates in April? Uh, this is not information that's available right now to anybody in the industry. No one knows exactly how this industry will look in April. It's all it's all based on people's you know guess 
everybody is everybody from manufacturers, boilers, shippers, everybody's just um, anticipating what's going to be. No one actually knows. But if we're going to be comparing this to a ticket on a uh, a flight, a flight that someone wants to take in, May, in March and April, you just go onto Expedia.com or any of the websites, and on the carrier's website, you're able to see exactly uh, how much a, a, a ticket will be, and this is the price you're going to be paying. Uh, and, and this essentially is ties into the way this industry works and in the way I look at a very ancient way that carriers have the ability based on how busy it is before the vessel leaves. So they'll be implementing um, GRI and PSS. GRI stands for general rate increases. PSS is peak season surcharges, uh, like literally a few weeks or even sometimes closer before the vessel leaves. And that's all based on the demand. So in a way, that's very, very reactive. Um, the way to look at it is I don't think there's any other industry that you agree to a product or service based on the seller's ability, you know, based on the seller's discretion to increase the price the last minute. So what essentially happens is, is, is from all types of products, from furniture to electronics to home goods, everybody just produces cargo without the ability to plan ahead. Uh, there are companies, very large companies, that have contracts fixed for the years, and unfortunately, this this way of pricing um, will give them um, benefits that others might not have. I've seen in the peak season that uh, some of those companies were paying still three, four thousand dollars a container, while smaller import importers that are meant to compete against these companies are were paying twenty, twenty-two thousand. And I believe this all ties into the same model because there's no visibility. So, what what ends up happening is the, the large contract plays have a fixed rate for the year, and then the 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 smaller uh, ones are subject to a spot rate based on last minute. So let's think about it in a different perspective. Let's say there's no last minute increases, there's no GRI increases, and, and companies are able to book their cargo months ahead and know that this is the price. Regardless of what the price is, it can still be driven by demand strongly. But if you go and you book cargo right now for March and April, and, and you see the pricing is extremely high, First of all, there's a big chance that many of the products we're seeing are not going to move and not, not going to produce in that time, specifically large furniture volume, which is a big contributor to the congestion. Some of those companies have the abilities to produce them in different countries, and some of those companies have the, the, the ability to produce them locally. And while some just decide not to ship them at certain prices because it doesn't make sense. Uh, what the other way around is that they just produce them because there's no visibility into what's going to happen. And then once the cargo is ready, you have to ship them regardless. And it's not like they can plan according to which month is cheaper, which month is more. It's just the way it is that um, you just produce cargo when it's ready. You call your folder. And at that time, it just increases tremendously. And in, in another way, this 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 incentivizes chaos in a way, because if things are just not smooth, the ultimate profiters are going to be the carriers because of this way of working versus the other way of working. If they have to anticipate and plan accordingly months ahead, uh, they can just increase pricing last minute and they do know the demand coming up and there is an incentive for companies to book early uh, where another benefit is the carriers now have the ability to plan ahead. Uh, they have the ability to implement new, start new equipment. Uh, this, this whole, this whole uh, ripple effect, as we call it, started uh, when the equipment wasn't, there was a shortage of equipment and shortage of routing that was all stuff that could have been planned months ahead should we have been able to anticipate the demand. And the fact is products go into production weeks before they sail. So the, the incentive here is having companies book cargo early 
And if you book it at a late time, there is going to be a cost to it because, you know, it's going to be based on the pricing. So it's an overall view of, of how I see things, but it definitely gets far more in-depth in the in the actual deck that we sent over to the White House and to the FMC. Um, yeah, so this is basically in a nutshell uh, what we're trying to convey. Yeah, I think the easiest way for our audience to, to see it is it's how we book airline flights today, right? If I'm going to wait until my flight tomorrow to book that flight, I know that I'm probably going to pay a heavy surcharge. But if I'm planning ahead of time and I, I get it a year in advance, I'm more than likely getting a very good rate. So I really love how you guys were able to, to frame that. And, you know, quickly before, you know, where we wrap this up, do you think that the government is going to be doing anything with these answers that you've given them? Have you heard back from them? Are, are you looking to present to them again? Uh, yeah, we've 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 uh, been in touch, um, and I surely hope that this is going to be taken into consideration. Um, I, I see it's de definitely difficult for outsiders in the industry to understand the complexity of the industry, and there's definitely a lot of initiatives being done right now. For example, the the, the dwelling, um, and it just shows. It's interesting. I was thinking, just the fact that they the, that that uh, carriers um, that that the dwell fee was announced, it was actually never implemented improved the dwell based on the data we sent to the White House actually and based on the data from the terminal, the discharge to gate out got was improved tremendously. I mean what unfortunately happened is that you're sending an unlimited amount of vessels to the port. But imagine how it would have looked it looked if we wouldn't improve the discharge to the gate out. And that just shows you how when you when you incentivize carriers to be proactive, that things actually happen. I was getting emails from carriers suddenly like hey please make sure the car goes out on time and and you know reminders those are things that never happen and the unfortunate mm -hmm. part is when when we don't get reminders who benefits it's it's ultimately carriers and and same in, in comparison again to airlines if an airline delays there's a penalty if an airline sits too long on the tarmac there's a penalty um unfortunately over here, it just doesn't work that way. And just they can take as much cargo as they want, roll them over. You know, if there's a bump, uh, someone gets bumped, there's also a penalty. So it, it needs to be done in a way where if there is chaos, it just doesn't work better for one party, but it just should work better for everybody when things are proactive and things are planned accordingly versus the, the unfortunate current chaotic situation. I love that. And, you know, hopefully we get some more resolution as, as people like yourself and leaders like yourself are given the opportunity to to voice their opinions in these matters. So I really appreciate it. I appreciate you being on here. I'm excited to see how you guys grow in the new year. Um, for all of our listeners, like I said, I'll be putting, uh, yeah, of course, I'll be putting the information on that uh, meeting that he brought in our newsletter so you get a chance to read it too. Um, and, you know, just really quickly, I'd like to say to, to the audience, thank you so much for let me be a part of the show over the last couple of months um, and taking over for Andrew. It's just been a, an absolute great new year. And um, I'm excited to see, you know, not just my future, but just great ways as a whole, as we continue to, to have these challenging conversations and really push our, um, our, not only our government, but our leaders, retail leaders in general to, to do better and make their supply chains more resilient and think about how, you know, what realistically, realistically can we do and what can't we do? So again, Chapsy, thank you for being on today. Make sure you guys go to www.freightways.com slash POS and uh, subscribe to our newsletters, subscribe to um, our podcast, wherever you're listening to this. Um, and other than that, and keep shopping and have a great rest of your year, everyone.
Thank you.